what is off the groove? It means you've blown the line or you're pushing the limits a little bit too far or just maybe you might be looking for a faster way around the racetrack. Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. November the 8th, 2019 is episode 104. Yes. I feel like we just got done recording an episode. That's all we do. Like, literally just got done recording an episode. Like we did. We just talked to, uh, who did we talk to? Dalton Gauthier and Alicia Lewis. Why are we recording another one so soon? Because you're going to go play on the bicycles and ride up and down the coastline <laughs> like you have something else to do or something. I don't the know. The last thing I'm going to be is on a bicycle, I'll tell you that much. Okay, good. I wouldn't even so be able to make it a mile. stop and give you CPR. Yeah, exactly. So we're getting this put in and, the... What? And because I'm going to Denver with my girlfriend to watch the Denver Broncos beat the Cleveland Browns. What? When did this? You just planned this? I'm leaving tomorrow. Good stuff. That's awesome. That'd be fun. What if uh, What if the Browns win? Then it's going to be a long trip home. Oh, boy. Well, best of luck to your Broncos then. So we're doing Frankie's, right? Yes. Frankie's. We're we're putting Frankie in the can. Nobody puts, nobody puts Frankie in the can, but we're putting Frankie in the can. They better not. They better uh, not. It's November the 8th already, Carter. Well, it's not really, but yes, it will be when this comes out. So, wow. Happy November 8th, Scotty. Already November. Next thing we'll know will be Thanksgiving. Next thing we're going to have Christmas, and then we're going to start 2020. Well, it's a little bit into 2020. Well, yeah. Yeah. 2020. That's what I saw this the other day. There is two, exactly two months, eight weeks left in this decade. That's nuts. In this decade. Wow. A lot's happened in this decade for me. How about you? Absolutely. A lot changes. <laughs> a lot, lot changes. <laughs> Um, yeah, starting a new, starting a new decade, uh, in January, it'll be great. So let's, uh, Frankie Garcia, we've been talking about him, having him on for a minute, but we wanted to get all the champions after the AFT season ended. Uh, I've been following Frankie for about a year and a half now, two years, almost two years. I think, uh, awesome social media presence. Uh, seems like an all around good dude. I've never met him in person. I think you met him somewhere and just chat. Where, where was it that you met him? I was at Johnny Murphy's race out there in Paso Robles, California, right you know down the road from Frankie's house, and yeah. I got to hang out with him in his pit area for quite a while. And we talked about the 2019 season. We talked about a lot of things actually, but uh, you know he's he's at all kinds of races. He's all over the place, and not just in the United States. He goes all over the world and does stuff you know in the motorcycle industry. So I, I was really looking forward to catching up to him here on Off the Groove. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen him out at some of the motocross events, too. Like, uh, he seems to be everywhere, and he seems like a good dude. I, I want just want to know, like, more about him. I, apparently, when we did some research before the show, he's got, like, a, a long-ass history, racing history as well. I mean, he did supermoto, um, and he did road racing, uh, started flat track, and now he's back f- flat tracking with super hooligans. So I, I, I look forward to hearing about his racing career and kind of how he got into the whole deal. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think he's a, a great guy, and I, I, I look forward to hearing more about him. Well, without further ado, Mr. Frankie Garcia. Call him up. That's what I'm doing. I can't hear your dialing anymore. I don't like it. Yo, yo. What's up, Frankie Garcia? Hey, how's it going? It's good, man. How are you? I'm good. I just... uh just left therapy right i had some uh had a couple concussions so i've been doing some uh hyperbaric therapy 
trying to get my brain working all the way again. Well, when when did yeah. you have the concussions? Because I, I I saw you not too long ago out in California at Johnny Murphy's race, and you didn't tell me nothing about it. Uh, well, it happened after that. Uh, okay. I had a uh, yeah, I raced there, and then uh, we raced Coast Mesa, the Super Hooligans race, and then I decided to take a little uh, Supermoto adventure, and uh, oh. I raced the last Amex Moto National, and uh, <laughs> crashed in, in the main event in uh, Tucson, Arizona, hit my noggin there, a bit of a concussion, and then eight days later, I was in Belgium, uh, racing the Superbikers Matei event, and uh, had to get off of practice and ring my bell again, and uh, knock myself out and the whole thing, so I, uh, yeah, I'm taking, taking some time off right now and just get my brain right. I gotcha. I thought you were just taking some time off to uh, take my job as a, as a commentator. Oh, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't think I, I don't think I can live up to that one. I mean, it doesn't get much better than, than, than you, but, uh, I mean, that's, that's why I didn't race the Moto Beach Classic was because I, uh, I, I, I just couldn't, it just wasn't safe for me to race. So, uh, you know, I grabbed the microphone and did some MCing and, uh, that was fun. That was awesome. But, uh, definitely not up to par with you. Not even close. Well, I appreciate that, but uh, some. Are you going trick or treating, or did you go trick or treating? No, uh, trick or treating tonight, man. That's tonight. Uh, okay, so, all I'm right. Gonna go, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna the front door. Go sit at the front door and have candy to the kids. You know, see what they're all about. See if we got any flat track. Anybody? See if anybody came with a flat track racer for Halloween. Are you dressing up to hand out candy, or are you you wearing street clothes? You never know. You never know. <laughs> I have a wild hair. But things can happen. You know, it's me, man. All right. Well, well, tell me about that pumpkin podium. I saw you on top of the box with a pumpkin. So uh, I didn't get to race that the final Super Hooligans race, the Moto Beach Classic. But the very next day, I was in a pumpkin carving competition, and uh, I put it on top of the box, man. So couldn't win the race, but we won something. There you and, go. Uh, Did you? Oh, that was cool. That was fun. So who who's your stiffest competition in there? You know what? Um, actually, the PR chick. Uh, her name's Grace from X Games. Was uh, okay. she was on it, and I looked at her pumpkin, and I was like, I got nothing for that. But it was a uh, the fan vote, and uh, I got I got the win. So yeah, but she 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 was doing great. She was a big competition. You know, there was some good stuff in there. There was about like twenty five pumpkins. It was it was a lot going on. But well, uh, pretty, we ended up with the W. Pretty, uh, yeah. That's a pretty big win right yeah, there, Frank. You can beat 24 other people. Good for the confidence, man. <laughs> right on. So I haven't seen you for a while. I guess I saw you at Johnny Murphy's race, and uh, that was in Paso Robles, and that was a pretty cool event. Yep. So uh, everything else been going all right? You, you said you had a couple concussions. So are you are you feeling better now? Yeah, I mean, I, I raced the last Supermoto National, hit my head in the main event, knocked myself out, and then eight days later I was in Belgium racing the Superbikers Matei event over there massive supermoto race and uh had a little crash in practice and uh knocked myself out again and just you know concussions and concussion you got to take care of them and keep your brain healthy and you know two of them in a row is definitely a little bit scary so uh i'm just taking taking it easy and you know for about a week and a half i was feeling a little bit off but uh i'm starting to feel normal again it's just uh you know, I can feel normal. It doesn't mean my brain's back to normal and 100% healthy. So 
right now we're just trying to get it back there so we can get back on the bike. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm glad you're going out there and, and get some therapy taken care of. That's good. That's a good thing. Some riders, you know, refuse to do so. And I think it, it's, it slows them down or it ends their career early. So I'm glad you're doing that. Let's go back way back in the yeah. day and let's get to know uh, Frankie Garcia. So where were you born? I was born in Salinas, California. So the Mecca of, uh, I guess, flat trackers, where the fast guys come from. Were, were you born with a steel shoe on your foot? pretty damn close to it um my mom and dad got me a pw50 for my first birthday and from there it was just go 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 and by the time i was four years old i was going around in circles at lodi wow so uh, you know there's so many fast guys that come from salinas and right around that area um did you grow up with the bauman brothers did you race against them when you're growing up uh i was a little bit older than the Baumans, but i mean I almost feel like I'm a big brother a little bit to, to Brian Bronson. Uh, I was there when, uh, I mean, I remember Brian Bronson, you know, they lived down to Baller Road in Salinas, and there was a kid that had a motocross track on the same road, and we used to ride there, and that's how I met the Bowmans. Um, Brian and Bronson were, were little when I met them. I mean, they were riding 50s and 60s and, and you know, before they even raced. And, uh, you know, obviously to watch – them grow up and you know i've seen it all i've seen every bit of the way you know with them obviously living in the same town um you know coming from the same town all our lives and something in the water up here for sure absolutely so you had your first motorcycle when you turned one so is your whole family into motorcycling yeah my my dad was like a pro-am flat track racer growing up you know he raced lodi and you know, all the, all the, you know, with all the big dogs, he knew, you know, he grew up racing with Randy Behrman and, and all the Salinas guys. Um, and he did that from, you know, a young age and, and just grew up as a flat tracker. And, you know, when I came along and, you know, my mom was a big part of it too. You know, she was going to the race with my dad when they were in high school. And, and, uh, you know, when I came along, they just kind of passed it on and, and, uh, you know, there I came. Right on. So, what do you know? Do you remember what your dad's pro number was? Did he, did he have an E or a Y or an X? I mean, they had all these different letters out there in a, California. Yeah, my dad was an eight Y. Eight Y was right. his number. He still runs to this day. That's cool. Right on. I like it. So, yeah, do you remember, remember? Do you remember watching him race when you were little? Oh, I, I do, I do, and it's the coolest thing. Um, you know, I remember. You know, when I was young, my dad had a, he had a Woods Rotax. It was all red. He had a redwood Rotax, and when I was riding 50s and 60s, he was still racing. And and when we were younger, um, you know, we we don't come from a ton of money or anything like that. And we'd go race. We'd go race Lodi or you know Livermore, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, local races. And my dad would race the pro class to try to make money to pay for the weekend. You know, to, wow. for for us to go, me and my brother to go racing. So. That was always cool, you know. There's still, um, you know, we still have. Fo- there's so many photos of all of us at the track together, and everyone all geared up, and his road tax is there, and my brother, you know, my 60, my brother's 50, and it's pretty cool, man. It's it's really cool how it's all kind of a, uh, you know, came to this, and and even now, I mean, just a couple months ago, both my dad and I were, you know, at X Games racing together. So it doesn't stop. That's so cool. And what's your dad's name? My dad's name is Frank Garcia. So okay. All right. So, somebody, so you're, that's why you're Frankie, right? Senior. I'm Frankie. Yeah. 
All right, that's cool. Do you remember when your first race yeah. was? I don't remember when my first race was. Um, I mean, I, I remember, I, I, I know, but I don't remember it. Um, right. I believe my first race was at uh, Oatfield, um, kind of in the like um, Central Valley area. Uh, they had like a little a little peewee track, and uh, I believe that's where my first race was. And believe it or not, one of my other first races like <clears throat> was a, a motocross race at the Hollister Hills GP track, and I do remember that one because that was. I remember I was on a PW50 and it was so gnarly and rough and, you know, I, that's not something I did, but you know, that, that whole motocross thing, I just, I just remember that was just pretty hectic for me for, you know, a little kid on a PW50, but I do remember that one. Right on. So what is it about motorcycle racing that appeals to you? Motorcycle racing has just been my life. You know, like I said, I got a motorcycle for my first birthday. My dad did it. My mom was involved with, was involved with, his racing, um, my, when my brother came along, you know, it was the same story for him. You know, he got a bike when he was young and he raced too. And then my little sister came along and she did a little bit of racing and <clears throat> it's just been a family thing. And that's what we're raised into. And, and then, you know, coming from Salinas and having friends like the Bauman's and, and Stevie Bonzi, Doug Chandler, um, you know, there's a whole flat track community up here and it's just like, it doesn't stop everywhere you go. It's just motorcycle stuff. And when you're born into it and raised into it, it's, you know, that's, that's what I know. And that's what makes me happy. And that's what, you know, all my family and friends and all every memory I ever had is revolved around motorcycle racing and motorcycles in general. So it's just, you know, any, anything, you know, any, you can grow up and be, you can love baseball and that could be your life. But for me, it's just been motorcycles, you know, um, here, there, and everywhere. So it's just, uh, you know, it's a family thing, and, and it, it's a big extended family that comes with it, and it's just my favorite thing in the world. Right on. So let's talk about your career a little bit. I don't have a lot of information on you, but I know you race flat track until you're about four years old up to about 13, and then you transition to supermoto. So uh, why did you try to go supermoto racing? Uh, well, when I was when I was a kid, I... Uh, I watched a MotoGP race on TV with my dad. I remember it was young it was at our, you know, the house I grew up in, you know, uh, my parents have moved since then. But, uh, I remember watching a MotoGP race and this was back when they're on 500, two strokes. And, and I just thought that that was so cool and so awesome. And from there, I always wanted to be a road racer. So when I was flat tracking, um, I got involved you know, with Rod Lake and Rod's just been a family friend for forever. And, uh, Rod said, you know, Rod said, Hey man, there's, you got the supermoto thing now. And, you know, it's kind of a transition from the dirt to the asphalt. You know, why don't you give that a try? And, and Rod gave me a bike to race and he, you know, he gave me a 150 to race. And, and then I had my 85 at the time. And, and then, uh, at that, around that same exact time, uh, was when supermoto got big in the united states and uh they had the honda red riders junior supermoto challenge um at the very first ama supermoto race at laguna seca which was which is right down the street from my house and uh we signed up and got accepted into into that and that was actually my first supermoto race was with that and i remember like it was myself bobby fong uh mike and jeff alessi 
Um, you know, there, there's a good group of us that did that, but that was my transition into supermoto. And I did that, uh, until I did that, you know, for a few years I raced, you know, we started going to Southern California, racing down there and get more competitive. I hopped on a 250, um, and a 450, you know, eventually when I was 15 and then, uh, I got invited to X games in 2006, just after I turned 15. So I was like 15 years old and two months, you know, so I was, I was still just into being 15 and I went and did X games and continued to race supermoto for the rest of that year. And then, uh, uh, ended up being 15 into my, you know, into being 16, I, I went full-time road racing and that's what, that's what I wanted to do. And I did that and won some, you know, won some, uh, weird championships and, you know, uh, won some AFM races and finished in the top three in some AFM championships. And back in 2006 and 2007, and then, uh, you know, that was kind of a 2006, 2007, 2008. And that's kind of when the economy kind of took a turn for the worst. And I remember in 2009, it was tough to get support and, and funds were low and I kind of pulled the pin, you know, it's not something that I wanted to do. It's just kind of, that's just where, that's just what happened, you know, just bad timing and pulled the pin on road racing and, um, kind of started focusing on school a little bit and taking some college classes and just trying to, you know, come up with a backup plan. And I, uh, you know, after a few years, I obviously, I couldn't, uh, couldn't stay away from motorcycles. I was road and still, you know, was involved, but, you know, as far as being serious and trying to make a career out of it at that point, it just, the money wasn't there. The opportunities weren't there and just a bad, bad time. But, uh, I went from there and, took some time off and then in 2012 I uh, got a phone call and an opportunity to go race uh, um, the Daytona 200 and at the time I was I had gotten a job and I was working as a motorcycle journalist and uh, work, work was cool and they let me go race the 200 and that was always a dream of mine I, I think the Daytona 200 is probably probably the biggest you know road race in the United States, you know, the most prestigious race in the United States. So I went into that and, you know, we, uh, we qualified and, you know, it was a struggle after being off the bike for a little bit, but we made it happen. And, you know, once again, Pops was out there supporting me and, you know, wrenching on the bikes and helping me out. And, uh, you know, I did a couple more, uh, a couple more Daytona sport bike races that year. And, and, uh, from, uh, you know, and then after that, I kind of went back to work in and, was the uh, you know got hired as the PR guy over at uh, Suzuki Motor of America and you know was back to work and doing that whole thing and 2014 I I jumped back on a road racer and went and set some track records out at Chuck Walla that, that still stand today and and uh, and then the Super Hooligans thing came along you know in 2017 and you know that's what we've been doing since. And what a story. That is so cool. And and I want to mention that you are the youngest rider to ride a motorcycle to compete in the X Games at 50, you know barely 15 years of age. And then how cool is it to be get it invited back again this year? That's pretty cool, man. It's it's really cool. I mean, I guess that's, you know, at the end of the day, I've, I've never really won anything big. I've never I don't have any championships, you know, but 
I guess that's kind of my claim to fame is just being the youngest, you know, motorcycle competitor in X Games history. Um, just a, a little bit younger than Travis Pastrana was when he did it when he was 15. Um, but yeah, it's definitely cool. And then obviously, you know, to go back, you know, 12 years or so later was, you know, this was last year was really cool. But even cooler than that was in 2019, I not only got to go back for the third time to X games, but I got to do so with my dad. And, uh, I think over, you know, being the youngest X games competitor or anything like that, I think going to X games to compete with my dad is probably the coolest thing I've ever done in in my whole racing career. Yeah, that is awesome, man. I mean, that's something that nobody will ever be able to take away from you. Uh, I know what it's like. I got to race against my dad and my grandfather at Knoxville, Iowa, uh, you know, in 2011. And and that's just, that's a memory that nobody can take that from me. And I think that's really cool that you got to race with your dad at X Games, you know, one of the biggest events for motorcycles in the United States and pretty much in the world. Oh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't get it. I mean, X Games is the pinnacle of action sports. And, you know, not many people, I mean, Myself, Tyler Behrman, and Bradley Spencer are the only three people in the world that can say they went to X Games with, to compete with their dad. So, so cool. It's uh, it's definitely a blessing. It's really cool. So cool. You did win some championships. You you said you didn't win any big championships, but you won some road racing championships. So you do have those feathers in your cap yeah. as well. But I see all kinds of races: Monster Energy Cup, Straight Rhythm, Flat Track Grand Nationals, Supercross, Motocross. What are you doing for a living right now, and how do you get to go to all these races? So for maybe since um, probably like 2014, 15, I've kind of uh, done a lot of contract work within the uh, motocross, supercross industry. Uh, worked for quite a bit of different companies, and uh, you know anything from you know PR, marketing, athlete support, um, team manager, brand manager. I've kind of done a little bit of everything. I've been I've been so involved in the uh in the motorcycle industry in in all disciplines of racing for so long i just kind of know the ins and outs of everything and and i know everybody and i i do my best to keep a great relationship with everybody and be professional and i've uh you know for the last few years i mean i've just been able to to kind of have my own little like um uh kind of like a little agency where i just uh, I, people hire me and companies hire me to, you know, for, uh, to support them or their athletes or, you know, their team at, uh, at, uh, motocross, supercross events. And, uh, so I've just kind of been doing that kind of a little on and off for the past, you know, five years or so. And, and working that way allows me to continue to race motorcycles. And, and it's, it's really allowed me to be a part of the, you know, the Super Mulligan National Championship uh, the last couple of years. I mean, I think if I had a, a regular nine to five and, you know, I don't think I'd be able to take the time off to, 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 uh, you know, spend enough time on my Super Mulligan bike to be competitive. So, um, it's been cool. It's been, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to, to be able to make it all work. And, you know, obviously I'm, I'm 28 years old. I'm not that young anymore. So, I can't, uh, I can't just, uh, go race motorcycles and it's all good. You know, I've got bills to pay and, and, uh, all that, all that fun adult stuff. And, uh, so I got to work. I can't just go race, you know? 
man, that sounds like a dream job. Are you hiring? Do you need any help? I mean, I know Carter's looking for a job. I'm always <laughs> looking for another job. I mean, we could work for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if uh, you know, maybe maybe one of these days, maybe I'll just have to grow the business now that I got a couple people that I know I can hire. We'll just uh, make it bigger. We'll go take it to a whole nother level. <laughs> sounds, good. sounds good to me. Count me in. I, I definitely could do that in my off weekends, you know, when I'm not chasing flat track races. I wish uh-huh. I could do it. You know, let's just trade jobs. Yeah. yeah, I got a little bit of MC experience and, uh, you know, you know, you know, motorcycle stuff. You'll be fine. We'll just switch it up. That way we don't, we'll never get bored. Right on. So what's your plans for 2020? Are you going to chase the Super League Championship? You know what? Um, I, I think at this point, at this point, I don't really have an answer as to what my 2020 plans are. Um, I'd like to continue. It's uh, It's been fun. I've had a lot of fun doing it, but I'm, I'm tired of uh, I'm tired of not winning. You know, I, it, it makes it even worse that my very first Super Hooligan race at the end of 2017, the very last race, um, at, at the very first Moto Beach Classic, I showed up on a brand-new bike and won it and can't seem to figure out how to win another one. So I've... Uh, I've definitely struggled with that, but, um, yeah, 2020 is, uh, it's kind of up in the air. Obviously we just finished the 2019 series. I finished fifth in the series with, without racing the, the last round. So, um, I'm just trying to figure it out at this point. Um, I don't have a contract for next year. Uh, I haven't spoken to Ducati, uh, much about renewing a contract or continuing on with what we had. Um, I, I mean, that's something that I, that I think I'd like to do uh, just because I, I have so much time into that, into the scrambler right now. And, and towards the end of the season, I made some big strides with it uh, as far as, um, you know, set up and, and things go with the chassis and uh, getting it to work better. And um, at the last, the last race that I did the Costa Mesa race, uh, I made some big drastic changes that I wish I would have figured out a long time ago. And, uh, you know, I've just really grown to, to love that bike, and, and uh, I'd like to continue racing it, but if that's not in Ducati's plans, then I'll have to uh, look elsewhere, um, you know. But, uh, I mean, at this point, the Super Hooligan Series and Roland Sands and the whole team they have over there have just become family, and you know, they've taken such good care of me, and they've given not only myself, but, you know, a few other guys, you know, the opportunity to to go race and, and make some money and, and kind of fulfill like the, the last of our glory years, you know, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not young anymore. And, uh, but to be able to, to have a series kind of like a blue collar working man series. I mean, it's gotten a little bit more serious than that lately, but to have a series that to be competitive in and, and, but still at the same time have fun. And, you know, I'm not completely 100% dedicated to only racing motorcycles, but, I can still go work and have a job and things like that. It's, it's really cool. You know, this platform that Roland Roland has put together for all of us is, uh, it's awesome, but I, I definitely like to continue to, uh, go race in 2020. So that super hooligan series now with AMA sanctioned, it's, it's getting bigger and better. The, the level of competition is getting stiffer and stiffer. So tell us about how the last round went Huntington beach. You got to announce it. Did you learn anything by working that as an announcer that you didn't learn maybe as a racer? You know what, I, I, I don't ever get to, and I, and I said this a million times over the weekend, I don't ever get to sit back and watch the guys that I race with. The only time I get to watch them is when I'm sliding up next to them into a corner. And uh, it was cool being able to see that and kind of see the strategy and 
kind of see, you know, what everyone else is doing. And, and it was kind of like from the outside in perspective that I got. So, um, but yeah, the series is just, it's just grown so big. And in that last round, you know, obviously that Moto Beach Classic, it's third year is, uh, man, Huntington Beach on the beach. You know, you literally have the beach pathway is like the, where people, you know, moms are pushing their strollers, you know, along the beach in the morning and, and you got the beach on the, on one side of it and the track on the other side of it. So it's, uh, in Huntington beach, California, that's a massive, massive city there. And, you know, for rolling to pull that off is huge, but yeah, man, that last round was intense. You know, um, there was a big battle between, uh, Andy Debrino and Joe Kopp for the, for the championship Kopp came into it leading and, uh, you know, but Andy's a, Andy's a, he's a supermoto road race guy. So that asphalt surface was kind of in his favor. Although our first asphalt race this year, Joe beat both of us and, you know, Andy and I are both road race guys and street guys. So Joe, Joe beat both of us. And, uh, and then we went to Nitro Circus, and and uh, Joe kept Andy pretty honest there, and so it was a it was a toss up, you know. We didn't we didn't really know what was going to happen, but uh, Joe uh, Joe did his homework, and and uh, he really got that XG really set up really nice. I mean, Andy set it up really nice last year, and then obviously he put somebody like like uh, Joe Kopp that has all the knowledge in the world. Um, on that same bike and, and he fine tuned it this year and made it even better. And, you know, had himself a weapon. He obviously won majority of the race this year. And so going into the last round, you know, it was, uh, it was intense, but, but Joe, uh, Joe passed Andy fair and square in, in main event number one. And, you know, just slid up the inside of him and passed him. And, and, uh, you know, it was pretty incredible. I didn't think that was going to happen. Once Andy was in the lead, I was, I thought it was over. And, uh, no, Joe, Joe made the pass and, and, you know, Andy was second in, in main event number one and main event number two, uh, you know, uh, 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 Jake Mattia got up, got out front and, and Joe followed and Andy was right behind them. And that's how, that was a finishing order, you know, from flag to flag. So it was, uh, it was intense though. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff going on. A lot of good stuff going on. It looked like an awesome event for sure. And what a season for Joe Cox to be throwing Debrino after back-to-back championships. That's pretty impressive. So uh, I just, man, I got to get out there to that event. I, I should try to make it happen. I was supposed to be in Boise, Idaho for a for an uh, enduro cross inside, and that didn't work out. So I sat here and I was watching my phone and just wait for the updates. But it sure looked like a lot of fun. It looked like you had a lot of fun announcing too. Oh yeah, that was that was cool. I've I've done a little bit of like uh, I've dabbled into like announcing a little bit here and there. Um, you know, last year I got to help announce uh, in the uh, the Tampa Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium at a Supercross amateur race the day after uh, the AMA Supercross race. Um, I did that, and I've always like kind of had fun with a microphone. You know, I feel like I I like to talk and say funny things and keep people amused and. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. And the same guy that I announced the Supercross race with, uh, John Simonovich, um, that's who was announcing uh, the Moto Beach Classics. So uh, John and I go back a really long time. We kind of feed off each other and know each other really well. So it makes it easy, um, you know, easier to do when you you know you're you're you know working with somebody that you know. But it was definitely cool. I, I had fun and 
you know, being able to announce and, and have all the knowledge that I have as far as super hooligan racing goes, um, you know, I, I, I had a lot of things to talk about and a lot of things to say and explain. And, uh, no, I had a great time. I, I'd like to, uh, maybe one of these days I can announce an AFT race with you. That'd be awesome. I mean, just to have some, you know, I mean, some sometimes the Super Hooligan series are mixed together, but most of the time you're racing those. So we'll have to work on something, maybe get you in the booth somehow, somewhere, or as a pit reporter or anything. I think it'd be a great time. So um, how can people follow you on social media? Um, I got an Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is FrankieGarcia24. Uh, I'm Frankie Chase Garcia on Facebook. Um, yeah, I mean it's all pretty simple. It's it's not not too hard to find. I, I uh, it's just Frankie Garcia twenty four pretty much on everything. You know the name and the number. There you go. Cool man. Well, we wrap up our episode every episode with our our rapid fire questions. So I want you to say the first thing that comes to mind when I ask you these next few questions. You ready? All right, here we go. All right. What's the favorite motorcycle you've ever ridden? Ducati Scrambler. All right. Favorite racetrack ever? It could be one you've raced, one you've watched, one you've wanted to race. Uh, what's your favorite track? Uh, one track that I've always wanted to race my whole entire life, and I will do it, Cadwell Park. Tell me more about that. Why do you want to race that so bad? Cadwell Park is a road race track, and it's, it's a part of the they, – they, they go there as part of the British Superbike Series, and uh, it's got a jump in it. It's got you come uh-huh. out of the, you go into the chicane, you go into the chicane. And it's a left right, and you come out of the right, and it literally has like a tabletop in it. It's just a it's just a elevation change, but it's a very uh, fast and steep elevation change that happens you know really quick. And uh, I've always seen these videos since I was a kid of these guys on super bikes jumping. You know, I mean, it looks like they got to be jumping 40, 50 feet on super bikes and. Me with having a little bit of a motocross background, being involved in motocross, I like jumping bikes, and I always thought that, that was just cool. So I, I definitely want to go there one day. All right, uh, I might just put that on my bucket list too. So, uh, who's your favorite pro <laughs> motorcycle athlete of all time? Wow, that's a tough question. My favorite pro motorcycle athlete of all time. You know what? I probably have to go with uh, someone like probably Doug Chandler. I mean, Doug has just been an icon, uh, you know, not only Salinas, California area, but he was a flat tracker. He was a, uh, he's a road racer and he's like, Doug's just an all around good human being. He's a nice guy. He's an awesome dad. Um, you know, he's just the whole package. He's so cool. I mean, I think, uh, you know, uh, someone else too. I mean, obviously Nikki Hayden, if, if Nikki's not, if Nikki was never your hero, you got a problem. You know, Nicky right. again, he's just he's a flat tracker. He was a road racer. He raced supermoto. He was so successful. And, and at the end of the day, he, he you know, he's like he's like Doug. You know, he's just a good human being. And, and uh, you know, I think that's it's more than just the racer to me. It's it's the personality and, and uh, you know, the kind of person that somebody is. So, I mean, those two have definitely been huge inspirations to me my whole life. Right on. It was cool to see Doug Chandler out there at Johnny Murphy's race. I know he had mechanical issues, but just to see him out there racing with that big number 10 was pretty cool for me. It never gets old. And Doug just still has that style and that speed. And you put him on a motorcycle and, you know, you just sit back and watch and something cool is going to happen because that guy is just all that talent he had his whole career. It's still there. It's never going to go away. That's right. All right. Here's a tough one for you. 
flat track, supermoto, supercross, or motocross? What's your favorite? Flat track. I can't. All right. Get enough of it. All right. Get I love that it. answer. I love it. Who's no your favorite hooligan? No matter what yeah. happens. Go ahead. Go ahead. You go ahead. Finish it up. Uh, no, no matter no matter what I do, where I end up, what bike I end up racing, I always end up back on a flat tracker at some point. So awesome. yeah, that's where it's at. Awesome. Who's your favorite hooligan rider? Jordan Graham. All right. Jordan's uh, Jordan's been been a uh, one of my. I mean, since this whole super hooligan thing started, Jordan's been a good friend of mine. Um, he's a funny guy. He's got an insane sense of humor, um, and he came from, he doesn't have a flat track background, but he learned how to go fast and him and I have some, have had some good battles and we have a good time together at the track. And yeah, that guy's, he's definitely my favorite hooligan racer. Love it. He's one of my favorite too. So, uh, what's your favorite motorcycle event to attend? Oh, wow. Um, I think that one is pretty, uh, I think that one's that's a tough question, but if I had to pinpoint one, probably Sturgis. Sturgis okay. is cool because we we have uh, obviously the hooligan stuff. You got the motorcycle rally. You got two AFT races in the same week that we're all there, and uh, it's just it, it's a it's flat track and flat track and hogs. So can't can't really go wrong there. Plenty of uh, right. plenty of beer to be served at the bar, and you know <laughs> it's a fun little it's a fun week. Absolutely. Last one for you. Is Briar going to defend and keep the number one plate in 2020? You know, I would say yes. Uh, but if there's one person that's going to take that thing away from him, it's going to be it's going to be Bronson. Right on. All right. I like that. Yep. Yep. So cool. I, I, I like to see those two go one, two in 2020. As far as the championship goes, more uh, Bound Brothers double podiums. Love to see more of those. That'd be pretty cool. Frankie, thank you so much for your time. I got to learn a whole lot more about you. I, I think the world of you. And do uh, you want to say thanks to anybody before we let you go? Yeah, I mean, obviously, thanks to you guys for having me on the show. It's uh, It's been a dream of mine to, to be on this. It's been a long time, and we've been talking about it for a while. So I, uh, I finally made it on. This is going to be cool. I'm excited. But... Um, other than that, I'd just like to thank all the people that helped me out the last year, you know, uh, Scrambler Ducati and, and Vance and Hines and for sticking behind me and, and, you know, helping me. Vance and Hines gave me a shop to work out of this year in Southern California. And, and uh, you know, obviously Scrambler and, and Ducati gave me bikes and parts and support and, you know, everything I could ever, you know, need to, to have a, a, a great motorcycle to, to race on. And, and uh, you know, Without them, you know, without the people that helped me, it, it, it's none of it's possible. Rockstar Energy came on board this year for uh, X Games and the rest of the, you know, the rest of the year, and and they helped me out a ton, and they made X Games and Sturgis possible for me, and um, you know, Fox and and uh, X Brand goggles, and you know, just uh, everybody that 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 stuck behind me. There's so many people. Um, none of it's possible without them. So, um, you know support those that support you and and uh you know the world they're all gonna make the world a better place awesome buddy thanks so much for your time and uh keep around two wheels and we'll talk to you soon all right thanks for having me guys we'll uh, chat soon 
did you learn some more stuff, Carter? You, you know everything you need to know about Frankie Garcia? I always, well, there's no way you can learn everything you need to know about these people that we talk to, but I learn something every episode we do. Your brain's going to be full of knowledge here real soon. <laughs> I've learned at least 100, <laughs> 104 things so far since we started Man, this. You are, you are so smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, anyways, uh, this is Friday, so we're let me see. I'm actually looking at the uh, agenda right now as far as that ride. Friday, which is November the 8th, we should be heading to Miami. Um, so that's where I'll be <laughs> when this airs or when people actually hear this or, you know, if you listen to it when we post it. So the day that we post this will be the day that we're heading to Miami. They're going to planning on doing just under 80 miles that day. Um, there's some crazy stuff on this on this agenda, man. The amount of miles they're trying to go in one day, over 100, is just unreal. That's just crazy. I can't even imagine doing that on a motorcycle, you know, much less trying to do it on a bicycle, in traffic, in Florida, um, in the weather, and all that fun stuff. I just, man, I, I, I love what they're doing. I hope it all turns out good. I hope you have fun. But, you know, I, I just, there's no way I could even make it past day one. I'm just looking forward to seeing these these guys go through this, man. Like, some of them are training, like, every day and kind of doing those amount of miles every day already which is insane um to to get ready for it but there's a few of them that aren't so it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out well it's gonna be your first time to hang out with some flat track racers away from the track a bunch of them all together so you're gonna get to you're gonna get to know these guys a little bit more than you ever even dreamed of i'm pretty stoked it's gonna be fun um what else we got going on what are you gonna be what are you gonna be doing november 8th no idea <laughs> it's too far ahead in the future yeah it's kind of weird like doing one that far in advance we've done it before but i mean it's a it's it's cool too to have you know almost it's a, we'll have a week off next week how about that well it'll be a week off for me you're gonna be playing you know reporter and newsman all the way down the coast of florida so I don't you're know, gonna be busy i'm I, i'm gonna have fun with it man it's a it's, it's we i had a talk with Corey about like what the expectations were as far as co- covering it and what kind of content he's looking for um, it will, we're just going to try to have fun with it. And like you said, it's for a good cause. So, um, but they are taking it seriously. Like Corey really wants to get it done. Um, so he's, he's pretty, pretty hyped up on making sure that this is uh, organized and planned out and everything's thought of. So it's going to be a lot of fun, but, uh, it's going to be grueling for them. It's going to be entertaining as hell for me. Absolutely. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody for listening. Smash that like button, tell all your friends and give us a follow and uh, we'll talk to you next Friday. Episode 104 in the can. Talk to you next week, bro. Later. Peace. Yeah, you know, I have no like, you know, I, I I think they'll be able to pedal that far, no problem. Yep. I don't not question that at all. The problem is, is is some of them don't ride bicycles regularly, and come day two, day three, yeah, 
Somebody's ass is gonna be chapped, dude. And that thing is gonna be sore. <laughs> Blisters. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be documenting a lot of things. Talk. I probably won't document that, but yeah, no, there'll be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun to go along and see how this actually pans out. Yeah, you probably. Yeah, I have no idea what I'm getting myself into, <laughs> but it's gonna. Be, it's gonna be fun. Oh we're, we're, man. <laughs> Well, flat trackers are like a different breed too. There's like a whole different sense of humor. Yeah. Sometimes yep. they take things too far. Oh, dude, yeah. that, that's why I love them though. That's that's I'm okay with that. I just uh, no, that's, that's, it'll, yeah. it'll be great, no, it's man. It's gonna be great. I just <laughs> I want to. I just can't wait to see like you know the struggle of like somebody's somebody's junk is gonna be <laughs> extremely uncomfortable. 